When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, Raider Nation? Matt Holder here from Silver and Black Pride. We've got another Friday podcast for you guys, and it's our final one before the Raiders report to training camp. So we've got a few things to go over and a few questions to answer, which reminds me, if you'd like to have your questions answered on a future show, either tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to svpquestions1 at gmail.com, adamholder95, or svpquestions1 at gmail.com. With that, let's get to it. I'll kick things off with a story from my gambling degenerate friends. Prop bets are currently available for the Hall of Fame game over on DraftKings Sportsbook. The Raiders are currently two-point favorites over the Jaguars, and you can place the following props. First field goal before or at 13 minutes in elapsed game time. Minus 125 for yes, minus 130 for no. First score before or at 7 minutes, minus 145 yes, minus 115 no. Raiders over 1.5 field goals, minus 185, and under 1.5 is plus 105. Raiders total first quarter touchdowns is set at a half, and over is plus 170, and under minus 300. There are plenty more bets available over on DraftKings, as well as futures for the 2022 season, so head on over to sportsbooks.draftkings.com to go check them out. Pro Football Focus weighed in on the Raiders offseason quite a bit recently, and specifically focused on Devontae Adams. Brad Spielberger, capologist for PFF, recently named the Adams trade as the Raiders' best move of the offseason, stating, extending edge defender Max Crosby as soon as possible, coming off his dominant 2021 campaign in which he led the NFL with 100 quarterback pressures with smart business. Las Vegas has been proactive the last few offseasons with early extensions, and these deals will help balance the major deals for newcomers, including wide receiver Devontae Adams. Quarterback Derek Carr's former college teammate has been the best wide receiver in the NFL over the last three seasons with his 93.7 overall grade, 432 receptions, 5,310 receiving yards, and 47 receiving touchdowns, all leading the way at the position. Defenses will now have to decide whether to send help toward tight end Darren Waller or Adams, and which player gets more of the one-on-one look will be unstoppable. PFS Fantasy page also projected the yardage leaders among Vegas' skill players, which has Derek Carr tossing for 4,375 yards, 430 fewer than last season, but the second highest of his career. Adams is expected to bring in 1,238 receiving yards, about 300 fewer than last season's total, but last year was also a career high for him. Hunter Renfro is projected to go for 857 yards, also lower than his 2021 campaign where he joined the 1,000-yard club. However, 857 would still be the second most of his career. Finally, Darren Waller was the only one who was projected to see an uptick in production with 809 receiving yards. Granted, last season he was plagued by injuries and he flirted with the 1,200-yard mark in both 2019 and 2020 with 1,445 and 1,196, respectively. Ranking the best of all time is always a great summertime debate, and SOG Football recently released their best quarterbacks of all time tiers list and gave the Raiders legends Ken Stabler and Jim Plunkett some love. Both Super Bowl winning Raiders quarterbacks were in tier 6, which was the bottom tier, but among the likes of Matt Ryan, Joe Namath, Donovan McNabb, Matthew Stafford, 
so not bad company to be in, and it's always great to see Raiders legends get some national attention. Speaking of past Raiders, Richard Seymour, who was a pro bowler for the Silver and Black, retired with the club, and is set to enter the Hall of Fame in a few weeks, was recently asked about our Bill Williamson about his time with the Raiders. It was an honor to go out and play for a legendary owner like Al Davis and a legendary franchise, Seymour said. Al was a great leader and I learned so much from him, his attention to detail and his will to win. I valued my time there and I enjoyed sharing my wisdom and experiences with the players there. As the mantra goes, once a Raider, always a Raider. As a reminder, Seymour will be signing autographs in Canton the weekend of the Hall of Fame ceremony and game if anyone is planning on going. A couple of minor roster notes. It's been reported by a few different people this week that the Cleveland Browns are also interested in defensive tackle Ndamukong and Sue. As you probably remember, Sue had expressed interest in playing for the Raiders, and there have been rumors that the interest is mutual between him and the club, but the Minnesota Vikings are also in the picture as a future destination for the former All-Pro. Per USA Today's Tyler Dragon, Sue is expected to sign with the club closer to the start of training camp, so the clock is ticking, but he doesn't seem to be in too much of a hurry as most teams, besides the Raiders, still have a couple of weeks before camp. In what could be related news, the Raiders released cornerback Stanford Samuels III. Samuels had played for the Packers and had been on the Bears practice squad before heading to the desert just a couple of months ago before voluntary workouts and OTAs. To my knowledge, and as of the recording of this podcast, the Raiders haven't filled Samuels' spot on the training camp roster, so this could be a move to make room for somebody else. As always, I'll keep you posted if anything else comes about. I'm going to give anyone who wants to skip over this next portion a chance to do so as I'm going to provide an update on the Henry Ruggs case. The next segment will be the mailbag, so if you don't want to listen to this part, go ahead and mash that 15 second button until you hear me giving the intro to questions. Ruggs' defense team was trying to argue that his blood alcohol test taken after the fatal crash should not be admissible evidence in his prosecution as, quote-unquote, true probable cause did not exist, the defense motion read. The mere fact of Mr. Ruggs' involvement in the fatal vehicle collision does not, in itself, give rise to the probable cause to believe he was driving under the influence of alcohol. According to the police report, Ruggs refused to take a field sobriety test and that there was evidence found at the scene and Ruggs' slurred speech was enough for probable cause, as the prosecution likely pointed out. Judge Ann A. Zimmerman denied the motion from Ruggs' team, stating, Under the totality of circumstances, there's more than sufficient evidence for finding of probable cause for the issuance of the search warrant in this case. If anything else significant comes about, I'll be here for updates. Alright, question time. As a reminder, to have your questions answered on a future show, tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. First up, is Brandon Parker the week one starting right tackle? So maybe I'm getting too much into a recency bias or looking too much into the OTAs, but I'm going to go no. I think it's going to be Alex Leatherwood. Again, maybe a little bit too much of a recency bias, but the fact that he was primarily taking reps at right tackle tells me that that's where they want to leave him there plus the addition or the drafting of Dylan Parnum, I should say, kind of leads me to believe, and I think I've mentioned this a few times this offseason, that they want to stick Alex Leatherwood out at tackle. And the other thing that makes me say that too is, and I know I've mentioned this on the podcast a bunch of times too, is nobody ran more gap runs last year than the Patriots. So Josh McDaniels coming over to the Raiders, I would imagine they're going to run a lot more gap if you go look at some of the snap counts on the, the two running backs that they drafted this year. A lot of guys that had ran, run a lot of gap runs. Same thing with Parnum, his junior, or this past year, they ran more zone. But the year before, at Memphis, they ran a lot of gap runs as well. And John Simpson has always been more built for a gap system. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if they end up rolling with this uh, starting lineup at the offensive line for week one. You got Colton Miller at left tackle. That's kind of the given. Then John Simpson at left guard. Andre James at center. A little bit more up in the air, but seems like pretty much of a given. Then I think Denzel Good at least to start in week one um, at right guard. And then Alex Weatherwood at right tackle. Now I say that, and I think Alex Leatherwood will be on a tight leash, and I think Brandon Parker could come in pretty quickly. I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if maybe uh, Leatherwood starts week one and Parker starts week two. And of course, there's a lot that's going to go into this at this point, too. I think this is going to be the biggest training camp battle to watch uh, this offseason. So obviously that can change. I'll give myself that caveat right now. My opinion is probably going to change at some point. But yeah, right now I think it's going to be Alex Leatherwood, and I think that's the, the trend and where all signs are pointing at this moment. Next, do you see them spending any of that extra cap space on an impact player slash starter? So for those that are unaware, the Raiders still have about, I think, $20 million, something around that, um, left in cap space. I think the one guy that they would sign that would be an impact player or a starter would be Ndamukong Sue, who we were talking about and we've talked about a lot. And I don't think Sue would break the bank. If I had to guess, and this is just pulling a number out of my out of my head, I would think he'd probably sign something close to like a one-year $5 million deal, million deal. Can't talk right now. Um, so again, not even going to really eat into their cap space that much. I think they're playing with their cap space at this point. The fact that we haven't seen them even bring in like another right tackle or even another cornerback or even a guy like Ndamukong Sue or a defensive tackle, um, to this point, I think they kind of want to roll that over to sort of give them a little bit more room and get that rollover for next season. When guys like Devontae Adams have a big contract type, uh, I think Derek Carr's even got a big contract hike as well, and uh, as well as Chandler Jones. So I think they want to create some space and kind of give themselves more flexibility for next offseason. But yeah, I think the one guy that we might see them sign, and again, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a similar situation or similar timing as Gerald McCoy was last year, where they signed him into training camp again. Sue might Sue is apparently waiting it out until closer to camp. Um, so that would kind of be the one guy that I'm thinking right now. Then Dominic and Sue would be the, is the name to watch. Anything else? I mean, we haven't even heard him about bringing in another right tackle or anybody else. You heard me just talk about how I think Alex Leatherwood's going to start at right tackle. So yeah, I think it's kind of Sue or bust at this point. Number three, what's the starting defense to take the first snap in week one? So I'm going to go with at edge, or we'll start at edge, I should say. We're going to go with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. Kind of a given at this point, but watch out for Malcolm Coots to sneak in and take some rotational reps, though. A lot of people I feel like are forgetting on or sleeping on Malcolm Coots, and I feel like he could have a good role this year. Defensive tackle, Bilal Nichols and Jonathan Hankins to begin the season, but don't sleep on my guy, Neil Farrell Jr. If you guys have been paying attention, I've been pretty high on that guy from the get-go, even before he was drafted by the Raiders, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him supersede uh, Hankins. Again, probably going to go with the veteran week one, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Farrell sneak into the starting lineup at some point. Linebacker, kind of depends on how much they use nickel and base personnel. I know last year I think uh, um, Patrick Graham was in nickel more than he was in base, but I'd assume Denzel Perryman and Divine Diablo would be the main two, with Jayon Brown being the next guy. But Diablo's health could also be a factor. I think I remember hearing him uh, in OTAs and minicamp. He had a red jersey on. Maybe that's more precautionary. But again, he's, if you remember going back to last year, he was hurt during training camp. So if the guy can't stay healthy, they could bring in a guy like Jayon Brown, who is a veteran and has been good in coverage in the past, was good in coverage for the Titans. I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe take Diablo's spot, especially if Perryman's going to kind of be the, the rundown linebacker. Um, and again, if Diablo's not healthy, he can't get on the field. Jayon Brown's the next guy. And not too bad of a, a decline or 
decreasing much. I can't even, I'm struggling with my words right now, but you guys know what I mean. Not too far off from uh, Diablo's skill set. There we go. So I think that that's going to be an interesting watch, another training camp battle, as well as just making sure that Diablo's all right and can stay on the field. Cornerback, Rockison and Trayvon Mullen and Nate Hobbs. But watch out for Anthony Averett to take Mullen's spot. I still think I kind of think that uh, Yusin's going to be cornerback one this year, and Averett had pretty good or had some pretty good years in Baltimore. I think he's a little bit better in man coverage, so we'll see how that all works out. Um, so is Yusin as well, and Trayvon Mullen. You know, I keep talking about it this year. It's going to be a huge year for him. I think he's really got to step up, and he could. He is in danger. I don't think he has a starting spot locked in heading into camp. I think Averett could definitely uh, take his spot, especially as a veteran. Safety, I'm going to go with Tre- Trevon Merrick. That's the obvious one. What I'm going to go out and uh, venture out here, though, is say Deron Harmon. I think uh, with Jonathan Abrams' kind of erraticacy, or if that's a word, I think I just made up one, I think that could kind of frustrate Graham a little bit. I think Graham's going to want somebody that's a veteran, especially with so much youth in the secondary as a whole. I mean, you're looking at, if uh, if Jonathan Abrams does start, you'd be looking at five starters who are all playing on the rookie contract, whereas Deron Harmon, he's, he's played for Graham before. Um, knows the system a little bit and has the versatility to play deep and play the strong safety role, which again, I've talked about this a little bit that can help give more flexibility to Merrick and get him back to his college usage. So I'm going to go with Deron Harmon for now. I wouldn't be surprised to see Jonathan Abram also be in the starting lineup. As you guys can imagine, he was obviously the starter last year, but again, I, I'm not quite sure exactly what the, what kind of philosophy they're going to run. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Abram be kind of like a 12th man off the bench especially if he can uh, come in and maybe play some linebacker a little bit and play a little bit closer to the box and still be able to let um, let Graham run those uh, nickel personnel and maybe even a little bit of dime. Before I wrap up this week's show, I wanted to give you guys a little bit heads up on the next couple of weeks as I've got a wedding to go to and some family to see. Because of that, I'm probably not going to be able to get another podcast out to you guys for another couple of weeks, which I know is an ideal timing with the training camp about to start. But unfortunately, that's just how things worked out for me. And I should be back here regularly moving forward throughout the rest of the season. So we'll at least have that moving forward. As always, thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe, and download wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Silver and Black Pride. Follow me on Twitter, AdamHolder95. Until next time, guys.